Hi there, this is uh, episode 19 and this is Jackie from the Pod Canberra. Today I am here to talk to you about tiny homes versus the pot. So uh, really, you got to find out and you got to have a think and do your research about what exactly you're wanting to achieve and what kind of place you feel comfortable to live in. So uh, in regard to tiny homes, so we're going to have a, a chat a little bit about both and then go through some of the pros and cons, but then just some, just mainly the information uh, versus, you know, tiny homes and what they are versus, um, I guess, larger homes that are... Um, you know, secondary residences that are pretty much built on site or even modular that are a lot larger and what the differences are and really who they're made for. So we're going to jump straight in because it's going to be a quick one today. Uh, so if you're going to talk about a tiny home, it's mainly about a small home, obviously. It, uh, it's what it's called. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like a caravan or a shipping container size so I've been into a couple of tiny homes and there are like stairs getting up in there into like the bedroom that's on like a mezzanine level. Uh, there is sometimes, you know, you can get luxury ones with skylights and you're looking up at the stars in your bedroom. Uh, a lot of the, the areas and the spaces have pretty amazing and cool uh, ways to use the, such a small space. So like kitchens and storage and there's there's very cool ways like under the stairs. I've seen a lot of storage under stairs uh, that kind of just pops out or that you can um, have like all of your kitchen stuff on the opposite side of all the storage. So you've got kitchen storage under the stairs. Uh, and um, But in saying that, it is usually made for a younger demographic because it's more mobile uh, in the sense of you need to be able to climb stairs, you need to be able to, you know, feel comfortable in smaller spaces. And obviously older people um, enjoy that as well. But uh, it's just if you have mobility issues or are looking to, you know, in future thinking that there might be an issue with that, then, uh, you know, climbing up a bunch of stairs or, you know, fiddling around in in a small space might be a little bit difficult but um so that's that's what I would just say is that uh, I guess it's it's mainly for kind of a, a younger demographic so yeah the very cool uses of the small spaces so like the showers and the bathrooms uh can be quite epic and beautiful in a you know, if you're looking at a container size, you're looking at about 2.4 meters wide. So you can actually fit a, a beautiful bathroom at like the end of a tiny house. And then what you can do is fit out, the, you know, the kitchen with stairs and um, and then the living area. So you've got like really amazing spaces that you can make work. And the bathroom is probably and can probably be the one of the biggest kind of solutions in a tiny home that um, with some of the ones that I've seen anyway. Uh, another good thing about the tiny homes is that actually you can uh, you can get approvals if it's on wheels. Uh, sorry, you don't need to get approvals on if it's on wheels or if it's like hypermobile, if you're putting it on a rural block and, and it's movable. So movable means that it's not connected to any services uh, and movable means it can be, you know, up and removed ASAP. So someone can tell you and then within an hour you can you can remove it, hence a caravan doesn't need approvals. So a tiny home, uh, depending on how it's built and what it's made out of, it can actually uh, 
avoid all kinds of approvals. And that's even with a kitchen, with a bathroom. Uh, usually with a kitchen though, if you're going to have cooking facilities like a cooktop and an oven and a range hood, they um, in the ACT anyway, you wouldn't be allowed to put that in. Um, but yeah, I need to figure out how it works with a caravan because uh, you can have a couple of hot plates, but I just know if it's more of a permanent structure, then yeah, obviously you can't put a, a kitchen or, or um, anything in there. Another cool thing about um, tiny homes is that usually you can use like self-composting toilets or you can have a tank kind of toilet in um in the tiny homes, you can also use all of the water that it maybe captures from the roof. It can be completely off grid. And that's what's really cool if you're in like a tiny home and it's completely off grid, you can make it like environmentally friendly and and also kind of self-sustainable. And that's a, a real positive for tiny homes. Another thing that is the thing, <laughs> the thing, the thing makes uh, makes a lot of people go for tiny homes is the cost. So the cost, um, because there might not be approvals involved, because uh, it doesn't need to be compliant to any code, uh, which means it doesn't actually have to have an energy efficiency or you know certain um, Australian standards, then uh, it actually can be made of different products and therefore very cost effective. It can also be made potentially really quickly in a warehouse. Uh, you can design it yourself, perhaps, depending on what company you go with. But ultimately, it can be a very cost-effective option. Uh, so you want to have a look at what you're getting for the money. And also, if you start to up-spec things and make things super luxurious, is it going to be a value of wherever you're putting it? So if you are putting it in a backyard like a granny flat, uh, and it's not approved and it is movable, you know, you can take it with you, but also it won't probably add value to the house, but then it's a cost-effective situation um, that you could take with you anywhere. So you want to really balance up and find out uh, what you're looking for and what your ideal situation and solution would be. Alrighty, so the next one is obviously the pod. So as you can kind of see from behind me, there's a lot of glass, it's a lot um, it might look small <laughs> from a photo, but once you're in it, it's actually quite large. So you'd need pretty much three shipping containers to be the width of a pod. So uh, it's like two and a half-ish. But uh, so you can get the the idea of the width is, is a lot bigger. And then it would be a, you know, I guess a 40 foot plus, um, you know, maybe a little bit smaller than a, a 12 foot. I think it's a 12 foot shipping container either way um so you're looking at about you know 16 to 18 meters long as a pod and by 6.5 meters wide and in saying that uh they're actually quite a lot larger than than a tiny home but it's primarily because it's built for aging in place it's built for an older demographic therefore there's no stairs there's no threshold so in the shower there's no like little um lob to go over uh and like there are larger rooms so that it can be wheelchair friendly we've designed our pods to to inhabit that so it's almost like a an apartment that is on the ground and in a backyard rather than like a tiny home or a granny flat so that's what I was kind of looking for in the sense of even 
Um, it's got the wider doors, you know, 920 doors. Uh, and to have that kind of space in a tiny home would actually be um, not very efficient. So you, it's a lot of space for, you know, not much, much point in that sense. But if you're wanting something, you know, that feels larger, that is a potentially a bit more comfortable. <laughs> That's probably my my personal opinion, not, not everyone's, of course. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's just a bit more space. There's obviously more glass. We have to comply with an energy efficiency code of a minimum of six, and next year it will be seven, um, seven-star rating. So this means that there has to be certain insulation, certain products. Um, we have to abide by all of Australian standard codes and um, and also that it's usually connected to the grid. So we plummet and it's connected to uh, the main residence. And then that way it's also, you know, connected to the grid in the sense of uh, electricity as well. So you've got electricity and plumbing that are both, you know, underground and inset so it's not something that you can move so it's a very very different solution uh to what you might be looking for um or to the tiny home kind of solution so in saying that because it's plumbed because it's got electricity connected you will need approvals so you need approvals for any kind of habitable space even a gym, unless it's under like 25 meters squared and it's a garage type of thing. Um, even then, a lot of the time, a garage, any kind of slab needs approvals. So you really want to make sure you know uh, and get the right people involved to, to see what is approvable and what's not. But ultimately, if you're going for something like this size, you're going to need approvals, whether it's a an extension to the main residence, like a sleep out, or if it's a full-on secondary residence with cooking facilities and a laundry and, um, you know, bathrooms. And you want to make sure that, yeah, it's, it's all approved in the correct way. And then that also, it can add value to the property uh, of what you've spent on it and more so depending on where you are and what you're doing. Uh, so, but in saying that it is a lot more expensive than a tiny home. I mean, it depends how epic the tiny home is, but traditionally you're paying for meter square. So if it's a tiny, like meter square rate and you're going up and it's a smaller space and it's, um, you know, mezzanine, mezzanine level, you know, it's mainly the frame that is and the size that is is the expensive part you know just some walls and adding some things or minusing some things isn't isn't really as expensive so obviously adding levels can increase obviously the cost but traditionally this like a granny flat or something that is also connected is going to be a lot more a lot more expensive than a tiny home so you really want to do your research. You want to walk through. The biggest advice that I can give you is to walk through as many solutions as possible. You might walk through modular homes, tiny homes, um, granny flats. Granny flats can be modular. You might want to walk through a whole house. Uh, depending what your solution is, and you want to work through a caravan, depending what your what your goal is, you really want to make sure you see as much as you can. You want to see how people build, what they build, 
what the energy efficiency is like because if you do, you know, drop a, a tiny home down in Jindabyne, then it's going to get pretty cold if they don't use Australian standard products or it doesn't have an energy efficiency rating. Um, just things like that are, are really good to think about uh, rather than just being like, okay, great, it's really cheap and it's it looks really cool, uh, but it might not last or it might, you know, it, it could actually, there could be structural integrity issues if you are down in Jindabyne and the roof doesn't have a snow loading and you're putting it in an area where there's lots of snow, roofs can cave in. So you just really want to have a look. I mean, I'm just giving you like the worst possible scenarios <laughs> and case scenarios, but uh, I think it it's best to just do your research, see what's out there, see what excites you. You know what's right in your gut and you really want to follow your gut feeling and um, it doesn't matter, you know, who it ends up being as long as it's right for you. So that's probably my biggest um, biggest advice to all of our clients and, and uh, friends and family is, is go with your gut. So, all righty, well, uh, have a lovely day and uh, we will chat to you soon.